For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Timeline that has gone on for an entire year oddly, weirdly comes to an end with Deshaun Watson, now a member of the Cleveland Browns. We have Cleve T.A. himself, a tremendous follow for everything that's going on with the Browns, the man I had to turn to in this moment. Um, T.A., it feels weird, doesn't it, that we got to this point for a multitude of reasons. The 22 civil cases against Deshaun Watson that are still pending, the last, you know, two weeks where it seemed four teams were involved, the Browns, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Saints, to the point just 24 hours ago, it was dwindled down to just the Saints and the Falcons and then reverted back to now the Browns being at the core and finally the chosen team here. What what instantly pops into your mind now or, you know, an hour ago when this happened? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy, uh, the turn of, of events, because, you know, as a Browns fan, you were um, kind of resigned to the fact that, you know, they're out of the race. And, you know, we're I was actually in a Twitter spaces w- w- with a bunch of Browns fans, and we were literally talking about, uh, I was talking about Marcus Mariota as a, as a fallback option, because they had, they literally had no other options yeah. to find an elite quarterback that, you know, Andrew Barry's been searching for, for the last, you know, ever since he took the job, um, with the Browns and, and for this news to come down, it was just such a, like I had and no point did ever expect that to, to occur. And I mean, like at the end of the day, it's clear that, you know, people could talk about the roster and those sorts of things, but it's clear that the Browns came back and said, we're going to give you every penny that's possible. I mean, $80 million more of guaranteed money than Josh Allen, got that Aaron Rodgers just signed for. I mean, we're talking about just incredible numbers. And I think the bottom line is that it's impossible for Deshaun Watson to say no there. And I mean, they got, they got the guy that they were after and they weren't going to take no for an answer. And they were after, and you know, this has been going on for so long again, about 400 days that really at no point did I hear the Browns name until about two weeks ago. In fact, if I'm allowed to say this TA, you had a little bit of insight that potentially like the Browns could be in on this. And it, it makes sense from like the angle of, Hey, we have Baker. We maybe have gone as far as we can. And I had a great show with Charles Robinson who kind of outlined where that process has gone and, and where it's headed. Um, but your point that you just made, and I want to bring up a couple things again, first, the compensation, the compensation, the Browns get Sean Watson in a 2024 fifth round pick, whatever I, the Texans yeah. get, a first-round pick in 2022, a first-round pick in 2023, a first-round pick in 2024, plus, again, a 2023 third-round pick, and then a fourth-round pick the, f- the following year. And what you just outlined, and I'm going to bring it up here in another tweet, of the contract that he got, is it safe to say at the end of this, we heard about going home, we heard about winning rosters, we heard about all of that. At the end of the day, isn't this about money? Five years, $230 million 
guaranteed contract. That's the highest guaranteed contract of all time in NFL history. And on top, there is some magic, if you want to call it that, of what his agent has done, where in 2022, just a million-dollar base salary, which means, as Ian Rappaport puts here, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for an entire season or eight games, the most he will lose after recouping his entire contract last year is just a million dollars and half a million dollars. So again, it kind of feels like, based on other reports, it's come down to money here for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't, then he they would have. I mean, he might have accepted it. You know, their initial offer, right? The 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 they wouldn't have been eliminated in quotes after their first meeting if it was only about roster, right? There's, it, it was clear that they needed to do something a little extra. Um, and I, I would not sure we'll ever find out the answer, but I would love to know what the kind of the offer was initially versus what it was, you know, at the end of the day and see what that gap was. But there was clear that there is a number and maybe they asked him, they said, what number will it take for you to come to Cleveland? And they matched it. You know, maybe that's what it came down to. I don't know. Uh, but it, again, it, it's clear that Andrew Barry was going to, he, he was going to get his guy. And, you know, I, I, it was funny. You had mentioned, I think it was a week ago, you had listed a couple teams that could have been interested. And I DM'd you, I said, you're missing one. And it wasn't like I necessarily knew they for sure were going to go after him. I, I knew that this is, for a while now, this was like the one. Like they, if they were going to upgrade from Baker, it had to have had to have been you know an elite quarterback, uh, you know in their twenties, someone uh, of the caliber of Deshaun Watson. Right. And really, there's nobody left out there. I mean, they just there was nobody that you could name that was going to be available. And so I thought that it made sense that they were going to move on. I, honestly, I just they inherited Baker Mayfield. The fact that they didn't give him a contract extension last summer said a lot. Now, they didn't have to do it. Um, Andrew Barry, like you guys talked about uh, with Charles Robinson, he came from Philly. He saw what happened with Carson Wentz. We know what happened with Jared Goff and, and the Rams. Like th- After they, those they, three-year they, deals that they were given, or excuse me, after the long-term deals they were given after the third year of being right. a pro. And so, you know, I don't think they were totally sold on Baker to begin with. He had a nice 2020, but I think they're smart. They knew that they had perfect surroundings yeah. uh, for Baker, and – that he wasn't really the guy that really elevate them to the next level. And maybe they're going to give him 2021 to prove that. And he never did. He actually regressed. And that was just kind of a signal that we had to, to go big, you know, kind of big fish hunting. And and they did. Man. Um, now I wonder what happened. I mean, the fact that this thing was structured in the way that you had mentioned with only 1 million this year, a couple of things come to mind. One, I mean, between that and the fact that the Browns only gave up one pick in this year's draft, just is mind blowing to me. Uh, they're going to have a ton of assets to do more things. And they've got a lot of cap space now because of that base salary. I think they're going to have about $30 million at least once Baker gets traded um, to do some other things. But so that's one thing. And the second thing is, do they, I mean, do both sides kind of know something might be up in the, uh, in terms of a, you know, length of a suspension um, that maybe we don't know that because of that, that they structure in a way that he just wasn't going to really lose any or, you know, at risk for really any amount of money this year. And, and that's why they structured that way. I don't know. Those are the couple of things that popped up initially when I saw the kind of how the salary was was structured. Or maybe Deshaun wanted a team that could continue to add pieces around him. And that's part of, you know, not having that many pieces leave or I should say draft picks in the first season that he's there. It, my brain is kind of fried by this entire thing. And I think even more so in the last, you know, 48 hours, it all moved slowly and quickly at the exact same time. Again, 
where the Browns were fourth. And as our friend Charles Robinson puts it here, their willingness to commit to his next five season salary. Let me reiterate Deshaun Watson, who is facing 22 civil cases of sexual misconduct, now has the highest guaranteed figure in NFL history. Um, and from the perspective where I think the Panthers beat writers this morning said, well, the Panthers weren't willing to guarantee year three and year four. And then we heard it was between Falcons and the Saints. Yeah, it's like you said, just the differences in the conversations that could have just happened over the last two days to get this over the line. It was deemed a Hail Mary and uh, and that was completed. Okay. If, if we figured out, like if we finish this conversation on the actual deal, let's talk about how this elevates the team. If, if we can, um, at least on paper, this is a team that, you know, just moved away from Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry obviously has again on the depth chart, one of the best offensive lines in the league, top two, top five guards, really talented tackles, great running backs. You bring in Amari Cooper on what now looks like a very, very team friendly contract, $20 million per year, three years that they can work with him. And then some defensive pieces that are young and can create some game-changing moments. Um, you outlined it. Like Baker, in the last few years, maybe they thought they reached a ceiling with him or they surrounded with a lot of talent, and that's what led to, you know, a 26-8 and eight season in terms of touchdowns and interceptions. Um, we haven't seen Deshaun Watson for a year, but you have, you know, followed this team for decades at this point. Uh, what does it mean to you? Like, how do you see this unfolding um, when Deshaun hits the field? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty exciting from the um, on the field perspective with the Stefanski offense. I mean, as you know, um, much as we like to rag on Baker and talk about how he has his limitations, I mean, this is still an offense that produced you know the tenth best offense from an EPA perspective last year, eighteenth this year with all of that, all of those issues with the quarterback and and not really having um, a good wide receiving core uh, outside of Jar- Jarvis Landry. So the system's there. We know it works. Um, they want to get more explosive. That's for sure. I mean, they, they've talked about it. They know, again, analytic uh, heavy front office uh, front office knows that they've got to get the ball down the field, that explosive plays ultimately win you games and win you championships, and that you're going to get that with Deshaun Watson. I mean, I can't wait to see some of those bootleg actions. Uh, not, to, not to get too technical. You're probably better at that. No, no, me, you're good. With, with, with uh, Stefanski and, and you know being able to bootleg – Watson outside with his athleticism, um, I think it's going to create a ton of you know, open lanes. Um, it's going to be scary to, to, to watch. And, you know, the one thing that we kept hearing about, you know, why wasn't Baker bootlegging more? Why is, he wasn't getting outside the pocket last uh, this past season. He was so successful two years ago. And what we've heard and what we've seen is that the defensive coordinators were just they were keeping Baker inside the pocket. They were rushing, you know, keeping all the edges outside, like just forcing him to step up because he couldn't step up and he can't see over the line very well, can't see the field. And that was obviously his big limitation coming out of Oklahoma. And defenses were adjusting to that. And so uh, they knew that they couldn't kind of uh, raise his game because of that. And having a guy like Watson be able to do that, be able to get, get outside of the pocket, be able to make plays that way, I think it's going to be really exciting. Now, you know, he talked about it. They got a really good offensive line. Now they don't have – um, JC Treader anymore at center. They had to right. cut him. Right. But talking about the offensive line, that's something Deshaun never had. Like this was the exactly. reason why they went out and like tried to trade the farm for Larry Maytunzel, you know? And so yeah. I, I thought that maybe that was a big pull for him with the saints. Obviously the Falcons was more of a, 
a pull to be closer to home. But if we're just looking at rosters, again, especially the offensive line, man, the Browns were probably at the top of that list. Yeah, and and again, has he ever had a real running game either? Now he's got two legitimate running backs. He's got a good offensive line. He's got how you know, dare you say that about Lamar Miller five years? Ago. <laughs> the ultimate fantasy uh, waiver wire pickup, right? Um, but no, but you have that. You have David Njoku, who I think was underutilized and under you know uh, appreciated last year by Baker in that offense. I mean, he's athletic. He can get down the field and make some big plays. Um, you know, Watts has never really had that. Now, I think they do need an, a, another wide receiver um, outside of Amari Cooper. And, and right, but TA, him. man, I, I think that there's going to be some dominoes that fall here. Like we just saw Juju yeah. sign with the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised. And look, there's been a hundred reasons why you don't sign Will Fuller in the first three days of free agency. <laughs> but part of me thinks one of them is maybe he was waiting for this landing spot, you know? Yeah, you, you had, a lot of people mentioned that, that, you know, Will Fuller could be kind of a package deal and, um, obviously, it's tough to stay on the field, but it's it's worth it to bring them in. Is that deep threat? And then they look again. They only gave up the 13th pick of this year's draft. They still have a second. They have two thirds. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of draft ammo. They could use. They could trade one or two for uh, another veteran receiver. I would have loved to see Brandon Cooks in this deal. Uh, who knows what happens there? But um, they they can go get another you know, potentially uh, another receiver there. They can use a second round pick on a I don't know George Pickens if you want, like somebody like that. You know they've got options too to to add to this this receiving core. Um, who knows? Maybe Jarvis Landry says, "Oh, I want to come back and reduce right now." Like we we don't know, but um, they're, they're going to be able to do some things. It's kind of like when LeBron uh, resigned here uh, in Cleveland. He he brought in uh, his guys, Mike Miller and and Richard Jefferson and J.R. Yeah. Smith, kind of on on cheap contracts. But he brought his guys in. And I think you'll see something similar here with uh, with Watson. Are you shocked at all that no players were involved in this? We kind of heard that, you know, players would be involved in certain trades. And what I heard from Charles Robinson was that, like, once you got to the table in order to even have a meeting with Deshaun Watson, the Texans had to, you know, approve of your trade package. Um, Then it got to the level where he would meet with you. And as Charles put it, like, it was, if you want to view it from this lens, actually a positive that the Browns were even able to land a meeting here in comparison to where they were, you know, for or five years ago, and now we've gotten to the ultimate point here that uh, that has changed. Yeah, just on Deshaun quickly, and like, obviously everyone knows he's a more talented quarterback than Baker Mayfield, and I actually think, you've heard me say this a lot, and maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Like, where Baker was two years ago, again, I understand they won a playoff game. I understand he had a really good touchdown-interception ratio, but man, that was with a really good play caller and a great structure around him. Um, this past season, I think it's pretty easy if you believe in Baker Mayfield that you can write off his down season because of the shoulder issue. And it bothered him since week two, Uh, I would say, and I'm no expert, I'm no coach, but I think a lot of his mistakes weren't shoulder related. You know, he, he didn't see the answers that Kevin Stefanski put on the field. And then, you know, this from watching him, he believes he is in the top five of like creating magic when nothing is available and he just simply doesn't have like the physical tools, the skills to do that. And that overconfidence gets him in trouble in those moments. Uh, now you have a quarterback who maybe didn't have a lot of answers created for him with the Houston Texans when Bill O'Brien was uh, calling plays. I can recall back to like this playoff games. Everything just looked like it was so difficult for him. Stefanski can do that for him now. Plus, he's an outside of structure demon. Like he he's so good at, at creating plays when everyone else lets him down when the play call lets him down um 
it's so weird to think about him on the field now. Like this has all been building to this point, but I now I'm like have this weird feeling about it, TA. Uh and it's not done. Like they're going like we're outlining. They're still going to be able to build around him. Plus the defensive pieces like Miles Garrett can change a, a game for you. JOK is like a speed demon at the second level that we didn't see enough of last year. And then obviously some really young corners and Denzel Ward and uh, Greg Newsom. So. And it's interesting, you know, there was talk of, you know, what would this trade package look like? And people were saying, well, maybe the, the Texans will ask for, um, you know, Denzel Ward. And I said, well, that would make no sense. Why would a rebuilding team want to pay a guy top cornerback salary right off the bat? They'll yeah. probably ask for Greg Newsom, right? Like the, there was talk of that and to keep all of those guys intact, and not include him in the trade is just, it was just amazing. And I think at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson had a no trade clause and that kind of trumped everything. And he, he can, you know, he could direct where he was going to go. And maybe he just told the Texans, like, I don't, uh, you know, I, I want to go to Cleveland and like, we don't want to make this about players coming back. And maybe just Houston said, all right, well, we kind of have no choice here. And they just wanted to get this done. And that's how they settled on it. That's, uh, that's my only, my only guess because, you know, I was, I saw some of the guys at um, over the cap talk about using their um, trade chart, their draft trade chart. And if you look right. at essentially Seattle, um, what they got uh, in return for, for Russell Wilson from a draft pick perspective, where it was almost equal to what um, the Browns had to give up for Watson, but then they also gave up three players. I mean, Noah Fant in the deal, for example, and drew lock and Shelby Harris, a really good defensive tackle. So by that, you know, by that analysis, it was a, a clear winner for the Browns. So to not give up any players is really amazing to me. So, I mean, I think all in all, it's just, um, it's just a, a really big upgrade for the Browns. And like you said, you're talking about Baker. It wasn't all about the shoulder. He just wasn't making good decisions. If it was yeah. purely, okay, he was air mailing some throws because of that shoulder is really bothering him. You know, I think people would understand, but it was, he was just not making the right reads. He was um, throwing in a double coverage when it was unnecessary. I mean, there's a PFF stat out there that, uh, Baker had the most or second most um, multiple receivers open per play uh, in the entire NFL. And so it wasn't about the scheme. It was just about Baker himself. And I think that the Browns do that. And this is their upgrade. Where do you think Baker goes now? Uh, I keep throwing out Seattle because boy, do John Schneider, Pete Carroll love their players who went through adversity. Like they talk about all the time through, NFL draft press conferences, free agents, all that kind of stuff. And I bet they had a really high grade in them coming out of school. I'm sure a lot of teams did, and they're going to fall back on that too. Then there's other teams, you know, that were a part of this equation, like the Panthers, who might view this as an upgrade. Uh, what would be your number one thought there with Baker? Yeah, I mean, I think Seattle and Indy are at the top. I mean, I'm not sure the Browns care about trading them in the AFC, but if they have a right. choice, I'm sure they would go NFC. Like you said, remember, all those rumors came out uh, a few years ago when Baker came out that you know supposedly uh, the Seattle was potentially offering Russell Wilson for for the number 1 pick to draft Baker um you know who knows how true those were how legit those were but those are all over the place and they've been out there for a while so like you said they do have that they fall back on that you know draft evaluation i mean what about this i i'm not sure if it makes sense to come back this way but i know Tyler Lockett um could be available and why not toss Baker and a third for Tyler Lockett. Like, is that something that Seattle, I, I'm not sure what Seattle's doing. I don't know if they're actually rebuilding on the fly. I don't know if they're trying to, uh, you know, 
break it all down first. I, I mean, Pete Carroll's what, 71 years old. So I'm yeah. not really sure a total rebuild makes sense, but you know, they don't really have a defense right now, right? Like it's not, it's not playoff quality that, you know, again, we don't know who the quarterback is, but yeah, I wonder if that's something that they would look at, um, you know, maybe replace Lockett's money with a, you know, uh, the third, uh, the ninth pick, uh, you know, with a receiver, there's gonna be a lot of good receivers there, probably Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, I wonder if that's something that the Browns would consider is, t- is taking Baker and a pick and trying to get back a receiver. So it's Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson, all in the same division. Um, pretty amazing. I mean, pretty amazing. And then you have whatever the Steelers are going to do for the next few years. Okay. Just looking at these ADPs real quick. Amari Cooper's right now is going down as a wide receiver 22. I'm sure that'll skyrocket. We have Nick Chubb being drafted as running back 11. I'm sure all of that will skyrocket. And as we keep outlining, um, things are going to change. Things are going to be moving around a lot. Uh, before we get out of here, and TA, thank you so much for all this time. It's like 5.30 on a Friday. March Madness is going on. Uh, you have 100 million other things you could do. So I appreciate you taking you know 20 minutes to talk with me on this. Uh, I just want to close again with the statement that like a grand jury ultimately in, declined to indict Deshaun Watson on those criminal charges that we heard about last week. Um, that doesn't mean like he didn't do it. He did do it. Like we learned no truth from it. Um, these civil cases obviously still need to be settled and played out. And I'm sure a suspension is in line, even though again, Deshaun and his agent negotiated just a million dollar base salary. So he won't lose that much money. Uh, We've learned a lot, I think, from the NFL, from fans, um, from just those covering the league on this whole timeline over the last year. Um, and then there's a lot more we're going to learn, too. So, T.A. Yeah, I mean, and I think it is important. I'm glad you, you did, um, you know, mention that. And it's as a fan, obviously, there's a lot of chatter locally about, you know, how, how should we feel about this? And I know some yeah. fans are, are kind of um really against it and and refuse to root for for this team and because of because of this move and i and i totally get it every every fan should be able to make that decision on their own and and everyone should respect that and and i respect that i mean i think personally i try to separate my fandom from you know kind of uh, the morality of of um some of the, you know some of the actions of these players i mean he is um you know going to be able to play he wasn't criminally charged as you mentioned and you know it's for me, it's it's I'm rooting for for a team I, I grew up with, and and that's kind of how I look at it. Um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of all we can do as fans is uh, make that decision on our own. So I totally respect everything that's going on, and, and obviously uh, is a very serious situation, and um, it's something that's going to be talked about a lot locally here. That's for sure. And as for the Saints, I'll be plugged into Nick Underhill. I'm sure they're going to try to work back J- Jameis Winston in the fold, and then for. The Falcons, on some level, they have to do some damage control with uh with Matt Ryan. So as the world turns here, TA, as the NFL world turns. All right, everyone, appreciate you tuning in. Thanks so much. You could be anywhere. You're here. Subscribe to the channel. Check out the videos that we posted on Devontae Adams with Ted Nguyen. Alan Robinson was so, so we've been putting out a whole bunch of stuff this week, and it's only getting started here now for draft season. TA, thanks again, buddy. Talk to you all soon. See you. Thanks, Josh.